Welcome to episode number 10 of the Khan Wealth Advisory Podcast Series. This is Asif Khan, Wealth Advisor with BMO Private Wealth. Today is Friday, July the 31st. As a reminder, the Raptors play their first game tomorrow against the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's go Raptors! And the Maple Leafs are playing in the summer. Here's to a back-to-back NBA championship year and getting a Stanley Cup. For today's podcast, I thought I would discuss the prospects for a vaccine to COVID-19. As many of you have heard, there are several companies that are on hyperdrive to try and make a vaccine for COVID-19. We are told to be cautiously optimistic. Makes sense since a development of a vaccine usually takes about 10 years. Obviously, the path of the virus, the markets and the economy, and how all of them intertwine with one another for the remainder of this year and possibly next year is unknown. As I've said in previous podcasts, Regardless of a vaccine or not, we collectively will figure things out. That being said, we too are more than cautiously optimistic. Here is why. Currently, there are over 100 vaccine candidates globally. Think about that. Over 100 different organizations and companies have dropped whatever they were working on and have collectively come together on this warp speed path to a vaccine development. Literally, the U.S. government has launched Operation Warp Speed with the sole effort to accelerate the timeline for vaccine development. This is possible for a few reasons. First, the world governments are more willing to take on some risk while allowing certain studies to happen in parallel or in tandem, whereas it would usually happen sequentially and over long periods of time. To understand, the usual path to a vaccine is preclinical trials, that is testing in mice and monkeys first. Then you run phase one trials of the vaccine to a small number of people to test for safety and to see if it induces an immune response. Then phase two would start with a few hundred people within different segments of the population, for example, children or elderly, and to see how dosage affects antibody production. After that, you would then run phase three trials to thousands of folks with half getting a placebo. This tests for efficacy. You're not looking for the vaccine to curtail the virus in 100% of the population, but rather a number around 50% or better. After all the above, the pharmaceutical company would then apply for approval with the government regulators, who then have to study the reports and trial information, and all of this takes time. One of the reasons it takes time is to have safe parameters and testing periods. However, one of the other reasons is simply that most viruses don't hit a large segment of the population and spread globally like COVID-19 did. So you don't have a large number for your testing group and gathering a large number takes effort. The other issue is also finding candidates to take the vaccine. For example, in phase three, the usual number of candidates is around 30,000 people. This would take a few years to get that many people injected, and then you would have to follow them around for a couple of years. You can simply see why full vaccine development could take 10 years, as it would take a long time to get that many people to be a part of the study, and then testing them in areas where the virus is rampant. And most viruses do not have the contagious multiplier that COVID-19 has. Currently in the US and in other parts of the world, there are more people than required to be a part of the vaccine studies. That is, more than the required 30,000 signed up for Moderna's vaccine tests. And Moderna will give all of them the vaccination over a 30-day window instead of a couple of years. This is not your usual vaccine development situation. 
With some companies, phase one and two are running in parallel, and with other companies, phase two and three are running in parallel. So currently, according to the New York Times Vaccine Tracker website, there are over 140 companies in preclinical trials. There's another 18 in phase one testing, another 12 in phase two, and six companies in phase three. And there's actually one company that has been approved for the vaccine. This company is in China. It has been approved and is being used in the Chinese army first. Other information surrounding it is not as well known at the present time. Of the six in phase three, Moderna, which you've probably heard of on the news, is in the lead. The U.S. government has supported their vaccine development with a $1 billion bankroll. Early reports suggest that the efficacy levels are encouraging and that the vaccine could be ready by year-end. Other notable companies that are on the hunt for a vaccine and receiving government support includes the likes of Pfizer, Novavax, GlaxoSmithKline, Sanofi, Eli Lilly, and Johnson & Johnson. The other neat thing is that you could have more than one vaccine that could work. At a basic level, the vaccine's job is to prime the immune system so it is ready to fend off the virus when it enters the body. Without getting too technical, there are several ways and technological paths to doing this. Simply, the vaccine cocktail does not have to be perfect. It just has to create immunization in many, and that will slow the spread massively. It actually can be a positive if multiple vaccines with different makeups are found to work. That way, we should not have a bottleneck of production. Different countries and companies can ramp up production of their own vaccine. Another point to consider is if we do get a vaccine, how quickly can it be administered? Does everyone have to take it and who gets it first? Many of the companies that are in phase two and phase three of vaccine development with the help of the government have already started to stockpile vaccines in the millions of doses as their early studies are showing positive results. But we probably will need a couple of billion doses globally to try and get to that elusive herd immunity. That is not everyone needs to take it. If half the population or some other percentage take it, it would probably slow the contagiousness of the virus to the point where the curve naturally gets flat, very flat. How quick it can be administered is the tricky part. You need people who are trained to inject you and you'd need stockpiles of it. The simple math of injecting millions of people in each country with the available resources will take time, even when you're running it 24-7. Then we need to decide on who gets it. Should frontline workers get it first since they are the most exposed or the elderly as they are the most in danger or the kids so that we can send them back to school uh, safely? Another interesting phenomena is the request for challenge trials. That is, Americans are being recruited and are willingly taking the vaccine candidate and then exposing themselves to the virus on purpose so that the efficacy can be tested more robustly and quicker. There are obvious ethical issues here, but nonetheless, leave it to the Americans to come up with some really unique ideas. So to recap, there is a lot of reason for hope on the cautious optimism with the development of one or several vaccines. No one can know for sure, but I do think that with over 100 companies in the hunt and with many companies in later stages of their trials who have had positive early results, I think we could be in a position for some nice surprises. Human ingenuity, when a pressing need is present, has always shown to be resilient and determined. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
Please call us for any discussions regarding your financial plans and investments. My number is 416-725-9133. Austin's is 416-709-7879. He's still been busy with his daughter getting married in a couple of weeks. To close, here's our corny joke of the week. What did the drummer name his two daughters? And a one and a two. This is Asif Khan signing off. Be well and have a great long weekend. Hello? Hello? Are you still listening? Today marks a Muslim holiday called Eid, which marks a sacrifice that Prophet Abraham was to potentially take with his son Ishmael. It is a celebration and a time for reflection on how one can give back to society and serve humanity. Our families will be enjoying each other's company and we'll order food and eat a bit too much. At the same time, we will be donating some funds to the needy both here in Canada and abroad to those that are less fortunate. So be well, and to my Muslim friends, happy Eid. Take care, all the best.